Welcome back to the Kicks and Giggles podcast. I'm finally back with a normal episode. I took a little bit of a break, and you know what? That's fucking fine, okay? This year is is one of the shittiest years in the history of the world. That's a quote from Dana White, by the way. Um, this year has been a fucking shit year, okay? Um, for, for politics, it's been bad. For people, it's been bad. For jobs, it's been bad. For finance, for fucking... For everyone. Everyone's having a shit year, okay? And we could kind of all agree on that. And a lot of people are taking breaks from their shows. Uh, a lot of things are... A lot of businesses are forced to shut down. The, things are just... Everybody's forced to take a break. So I, being a fucking lazy procrastinator sometimes, um, I took a little bit of an advantage of that. And I was like, you know what? Everyone's taking a break. Why, why, not, why not me do it, you know? Um, but now... Last week, or actually this week, I don't know. A few days ago, I turned 22 years old. And I kind of had like a 22-year-old post-nut clarity, okay? Now, I'm going to explain to you what post-nut clarity means. And for all the old people out there, you might get a little like grossed out by what I'm about to say, but just shut the fuck up and realize that this is a real thing, okay? What, what is this little one hook doing of my hair? I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to leave it. Um... Post-nut clarity, I'm going to read to you what the fucking, what the uh, definition is, okay, according to the internet, and I'm going to explain to you this 22-year-old post-nut clarity that I'm having, okay? Um, what is post-nut syndrome or post-nut clarity? It's a way for people to gain clarity on their thoughts when making a significant life decision, Um because all too often our thoughts and emotions get clouded with an inability to make smart choices due to our primal instincts taking control of our mind. So basically what this is, okay, it might not be the internet's fucking exact um, like description or, or definition, but let's say you're really like horny, okay? Let's say you're just like horny as fuck this whole day. And now you're because you're horny, you're looking at people a little bit differently, okay? You might look at a girl and be like, oh, you know, I might not normally be attracted to her, but because I'm so horny, like, fuck it. Like, and obviously a woman, okay? A woman that is over the age of 20 years old. Um, and it just might be that she's not your style, is what I'm saying. So my style might be dark hair, dark eyes, five foot nine, five foot eight, but if I'm like super horny, there might be a fucking five foot four blonde that's like huge tits, normally not a tits guy, but in this case, because I got my post-nut shit going, oh no, 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 this is pre-nut, okay, because I'm horny as fuck, I would be like, okay, yeah, I would easily sleep with her, right? Now, let's say I act on that, let's say this is a great way to come back to the podcast, by the way. Let's say I've been horny all day, and now there's a girl, there, there's someone that's not usually my type, but I'm just like, fuck it. Now she comes over, we have sex. Now, post-nut clarity is when we have sex, and, I've, and I came, and then I'm like, fuck. Like, she's not, I'm not really even into her. Like, what am I doing? And then it starts to hit you. That feeling that I just explained that's what it is, okay? That's this post-clarity, this like, it's kind of like regret. It has a lot to do with regret. Um, it's just like you hype something up so much, you finally do it, and then you're like, 
fuck that. Why the fuck did I do that? And it happens a lot, especially during quarantine. A reason why I bring this up is because my friends have been talking about this a lot. And then I started asking more people. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I'm dealing with this a lot right now. And I, and I asked them why. It's like because I'm home alone and I'm not really going out. I'm not seeing people. Um, and I can't really sleep around a lot. One of my buddies was explaining that he doesn't sleep around a lot because it's corona, obviously. But his his parents are like immunocompromised. So he really can't fuck around. So he's like, so now I'm horny all day. And then I start Snapchatting people. And then I like hit on girls that I'm not even into. And then by the time I jerk off, I like hate myself for doing it. And I have been through the same fucking exact thing. And it's so bad. And... Um, I'm gonna. I'm not doing that shit anymore. Okay, I'm not doing it. And I think it has a lot to do with raising your standards as like a person. Like, okay, if I know that I like, I have fucking low standards to begin with. Okay, especially when it comes to sex. I'm such a horny little fucker that. And this is probably a good thing for women, but like my whole life, I've always slept with like fairly good-looking women. Um, especially when I was in high school, like the hottest girls, I was sleeping with them. That was great. After high school, I kind of ventured off a little bit and I realized that I don't really care about like weight. I don't really care about height. I don't, I, I cared more about age and maturity than I did about looks. So then I started to value like, okay, you might be a six and a half out of 10 in my opinion, but you are fucking funny as shit and you're like really cool and you understand people fuck it, let's have sex. Like that's how I would be. But it fucks with your ego because then you start thinking, and this is so shitty, but this is just how fucking life is. Um, then if you start sleeping with people that you think aren't that attractive, then you think like, well, am I not attractive? Or like, why am I lowering the bar? And then like, then you're fucked up. Or if you're like Snapchatting girls that are like kind of ugly, um, or if you're a female is Snapchatting guys, that's kind of ugly that are kind of ugly. Um, and then you fucking rub one out and then you're like, who the fuck is David? What the fuck am I doing? You know what I mean? Then you like regret it. And then the David is fucking Snapchatting you 60 times a day because he wants to talk because he thinks that one night meant the world to him, you know, and, and for females to do it to guys, like, I feel like a female's post-clarity would be so much worse because a guy can, and, and both genders can do this, okay? But me being a guy, I know that, like, if I get rejected from a girl, it's like, cool, there's 75 fucking million others. I'll shoot my shot, other like, elsewhere. I don't care about it, you know? I do it, like, I shoot my shot so often that, like, there's so many people. Like, I've been rejected 70,000 fucking times because I don't care, you know? So now, for a, for a female though, if a female rejects a guy, guys don't get it, okay? So now, or I don't know, if a guy, what am I trying to say? I don't know. My point is that I will, I will move on and like go look elsewhere, okay? Whereas some other guys, if you are like Snapchatting them or one thing leads to another and you end up sending nudes, now if you try to explain to that guy like, hey, I, I just don't want to, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really into you. It was just a one-time thing. I feel like most guys won't get that and they'll keep like keep hitting you up. They'll keep Snapchatting you. They'll be up your fucking ass. I feel like a majority of men are, are like so suffocating and clingy that 
That's what I try to not be like. I try to not suffocate. If you tell me you're not interested, I fuck off. Like, that's how I am. Sure, a year and a half later, I might hit you up. I might be a little bit fucking horny one day and be like, hey, haven't talked to Sarah in a fucking year. Hit her up. And then if you tell me to fuck off again, I'll leave you alone. But I feel like a lot of guys I know from having a lot of female best friends that should be like, this kid Snapchats me eight times a day and I told him to go fuck himself three years ago. Like, those stories are so common. Um, so, what I'm trying to explain here in my analogy is that as a 22-year-old, my clarity was, like, to stop doing shit that I don't want to do, you know? I think that as a 21-year-old, I did a lot of things that, I enjoyed and I had a great year, but I don't feel like I did a lot of things that I necessarily wholeheartedly wanted to do. I think that because sometimes you're like in your fucking thoughts and you're thinking about shit and me being a person that doesn't really open up about deep thoughts, um, like I like to get deep, but it, when it comes to my personal problems, I like to deal with them on my own. Um, and. I think that a lot of the things that I did this past year was to try to run from my problems and try to like, okay, I'm thinking about sad shit, but fucking Susie wants to hang out. I don't really want to hang out with her, but it will get me to focus on something else. So fuck it. Uh, yeah, let's hang out later. And that's how a lot of my fucking 21 year old life went. Um, and even, even in like, I don't know, even with friends that I really enjoyed, like as a 21 year old, it's like, I kind of just, I don't, it sounds so shitty, but it's like, fuck it. Who cares, gives a fuck? Um, even with like really close friends, I kind of just used like, okay, not my, not my best friends, like the Carters of the world. They, they are with me throughout everything and I'm, I'm with them. Like my best friend Carter is like my go-to person regardless. I will fucking fly 20 hours at any moment to go see him. Like, that's not those type of friends. But, like, my medium rank best friends or good friends that, you know, you see once in a while and you've known them for a long time. You have the history and you get together once in a while. Those people I used as, like, lifelines for, like, I'm not saying this to them, but I would hit them up to hang out and it would be fun and we would get together and be fun, of course, but... The reason, like the root of us hanging out was like, I'm kind of going through some shit. I need to get my mind off this fucking person or this thing, or I'm just, I'm fucking feeling like depressed shit today. So let me hit up Eric because I know he's cool enough to hang out with, but like, yeah. So that's what I would do a lot of the times as, as a 21 year old and because I was 21, I could like go to a bar, which I fucking did like three times. But it was like, I kind of lost track of who I really was in my fucking 19, like 17, 18, 19, 20 year old years. I was um, like much more business driven, much more like social media fuck boy. Um, and I just cared a lot more about my image, but I did it because I was confident. It wasn't like a like, I'm so insecure that I need people to fucking like my shit. It wasn't like that. It was like, I'm doing dope shit. I want to show you guys. And then when you guys appreciate it, I want to give you more. It was like, I looked at it as like I was fucking a workhorse from 17 to 20. And then 21, I kind of dropped the fucking ball. 
and I don't want to do that anymore. So, um, yeah, so I guess this is me saying that like I feel like really good about business. I'm making a ton of fucking money lately. Um, I got some meetings lined up. I'm going to be, I'm not even going to say, I don't like to say, I'm not doing that anymore. So I have some dope shit planned and uh, I'm excited to feel good about doing this shit again, whether it's just a podcast, business in general, like getting my name out there. I'm not like a little scared little pussy anymore about like trying to like figure my own shit out instead of doing business. Like I'm just going to do both, Uh, figure my shit out on my own time and in the meantime, like Rather than hanging out with friends that I don't feel like they're genuine connections, like I'll just make, I don't know, make more connections with cooler people and get my focus that way and then replace shitty thoughts with like positive, like productive business things. You feel me? So yeah, I've had a, a, a lifelong, or not a lifelong, I've had a life's fucking look at a post-nut clarity, I guess you could say. I don't know. Um, anyways, let's talk about Ellen DeGeneres because I need to fucking talk about this because you guys know I, st- I, I stand by Ellen DeGeneres most of the time. I really like Ellen. I don't know why, but I've watched... Oh, no, okay. I've watched Ellen since I was like fucking 10 years old and I thought that she had such a great... She had such a cool come-up story of like being fucking shunned from the world because she was lesbian And, uh, you know, being shut down because she was a female comedian and like never like all odds were betting against her because the the favorite in the world at that time, especially in the comedy world, was like men that are fucking 28 and like that were straight men. And uh, she had a really cool upcoming like or come up story. And that that first time when she says she explains the story of going on David Letterman and like two years before she wrote in a notepad, like I'm going to be the first woman to stand up and to get brought to the side like on the David Letterman show or whatever show it was. Uh, And she did that. And even from from the beginning of her stand up career to like the most recent Netflix special she did, I fucking think she's hilarious and I'm fucking standing by Ellen DeGeneres. Okay, let me. Okay, I'm not really standing by her. I want to. I want to. I want to look at this. Okay, I brought up this timeline. It says a timeline of allegations against Ellen DeGeneres and her producers. So, from the fucking beginning of reading all these stories about Ellen DeGeneres, it seems like to me that everyone's quote unquote exposing her for just being a mean cunt. Okay, and like. Does that mean that she shouldn't have a show anymore? Does that mean that her whole fucking grind of a lifetime should be just like shut down because she's mean to people? Like, I haven't read personally. I haven't read her saying like the N word. I haven't heard her like doing any extremely racist shit. I don't see her like raping people. I don't see her obviously killing anyone. Um, And it doesn't mean that like you should only rape say the n-word or kill someone and then you're bad but it does mean like okay so she's mean to people so she doesn't want to sign autographs so she's in a bad mood a lot of the time like come on is that really why we're gonna get rid of one of the fucking goats of the world (laughs) okay i'm gonna read this okay march 20th twitter users allege bad experiences with degeneres um so someone tweets right now 
we all need a little kindness. You know, like Ellen DeGeneres always talks about, she's also notoriously one of the meanest people alive. Respond to this with the most insane stories you've had or you've heard about Ellen being mead and, okay, mean, mead, fuck. Uh, so basically this guy's saying, hey, reply to every single, or every, reply to this tweet with a mean story about Ellen DeGeneres and I'll give $2 to the fucking LA food bank. And so he's kind of like forcing, not forcing, but he's giving people a little reason to expose Ellen, okay? Now, a lot of people commented on that and was like, I went to her show and she was really mean when they turned the camera off and I could see her pointing at her directors and being mean, okay? Which is basically like really sensitive bullshit. Um, April 16th, Ellen Crew outraged by treatment during pandemic. Uh, Ellen Crew members alleged that producers left them high and dry during the pandemic, and they were told that nothing about the status of their hours, pay, or inquiries about their mental or physical health from producers for over a month. Um, okay, so a spokesperson from Warner Brothers distri who distributes the show told Variety, our executive producers and telepictures are committed to taking care of our staff and crew and have made decisions first and foremost with them in our mind. So I don't really get what that's saying. Um, nothing about the status of their workers, hours, or pay. Okay, so basically, Ellen didn't give a fuck about the coronavirus pandemic and she just made their, her people stay working, which I guess is a little bit shitty, unless I'm reading that wrong or interpreting that wrong. That's what it seems like. She didn't give a fuck. She didn't like pay them extra. She didn't do anything extra. She didn't like give back to her community. And it sounds like she just kind of like made them like, doesn't matter. We're not going to be affected by this and you're not going to get any benefits, which kind of sucks. April to June, backlash to Ellen, DeGener Ellen DeGeneres' comments about quarantine and Black Lives Matter. At least twice this year, DeGeneres spoke, oh, sparked backlash for statements that many said came off as... Um, ignorant in april people came out of the comedian oh yeah she she was talking about coronavirus and talking about what it's like being stuck at home and she she compared it to she was like this is like being stuck in being in jail you know she i think she might have joked around and said this is worse than being in jail and then everybody got online and was like you're staying in a 30 million dollar fucking place Fuck you. And yes, that's obviously true. She has a fucking $30 million estate with a pool, a private chef, like anything she fucking wants. I'm sure she has beautiful furniture. I'm sure she has 18 rooms. Um, obviously, to compare that to being in jail, it's like, that's very insensitive and shitty. And like, you shouldn't say that. But from these allegations, I don't think that, okay, her fucking view of jail and richness is like very skewed and fucking flawed. And uh, that's like shitty. But does that mean that she should just get shut off of her show? To me, not really. I think that like, that's like me saying like, wow, sitting in this room is like being in jail. It's like, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what she said. Yeah, it's fucking wrong. But like, when you're that rich, you don't know what that low of lows is, I feel like. Like, she's never been to fucking jail. The fuck does she know? Jail to her is, yeah, being stuck in a room. 
it's like, okay, so she's wrong. Okay. Um, now, her staff has been fucking blasted for, like, racist shit. And that's obviously wrong. And, like, I'm happy that she fired a couple people in her staff because they were exposed for really bad shit. That's great. You know, you fucking, you can't be a racist in 2020 or any years to come. You can't be fucking a big piece of shit that, like, expose it or not you i don't know you can't be racist you can't do racist shit and you can't even do near racist shit obviously that's how the world is gonna work but i like to being someone that has been in love with the, com- the comedy scene and i've watched stand-up comedians since fucking sam kennison when i was a little kid my dad would show me videos um and like really dirty comics as a kid and then now being 22 years old and seeing like every comic has to really watch what they say and you can't joke about like other races otherwise the jokes can be taken too far and you can't joke about genders and you can't joke about uh lower class to high like it's it's too sensitive and I'm not cool with that shit okay so i think that the Alan DeGeneres allegations, the sensitivity meter is at a fucking sky high and they're diluting all these things that she's doing that's not really that bad. According to what I've just read, okay? If there's a story right now where she fucking raped someone and then called them the N-word on behind the scenes, obviously I don't stand by that. But according to the, she's mean to people, she doesn't want to sign autographs, she ignores some people, she's in a bad mood, she fucking points her fingers and tells people what to do and talks down to her staff, it is shitty, but that's just rich people shit, okay? The power got to her head. Now, on the fucking flip side, okay, looking against Ellen DeGeneres, I think that when you've had a show for whatever it is, 13 seasons, 18 seasons... It's, it would be cool to get someone else on there. You know, uh, she's been famous for fucking 30 years. Like, on that side, I completely agree. If people are going at her for this little bullshit because they want her to just stop being famous and someone else wants to jump in there, or they even want to see, like, Katy Perry get her own show or The Rock or some shit, that's fine, but then say that. I'd rather see people tweet and say, like, Get this fucking 90-year-old broad off the fucking TV and let's get someone fresh in. We need some fresh content. I'm sick of seeing the same show every 13 fucking days or something. I could respect that because then people are just saying, hey, we're kind of sick of this. Like, let's get rid of her and let's get a new person. Cool. I would side more with that than I would side with the, like, she's too mean. Get her off. Because fuck that, dude. Like, come on. You know? Um... July 27th, Ellen show reportedly under investigation. Um, yeah, so I think right now her show is like up in the air. I don't even know if she's going to come back, which is probably what some people want. Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's fucking weird. And I hate to believe it. You know, I'm also saying this extremely biased because I'm a fucking Ellen DeGeneres fan. Like, I love the show. And I, or I loved the show at least, but, um, yeah, there's not much I could say other than that. I I see why people want her to get off. And I also, I also see why she should stay on. 
Um, other celebrity fucking news really quick. I was listening to the past, like, okay, I'm going to just give you guys a little bit of plugs right now. I'm going to give you some plugs. During the coronavirus quarantine hell, I have been watching a lot of really scary or like dark content YouTubers. Um, one of them is, his name is Mama Max, M-A-M-A-M-A-X. He's on YouTube. Uh, he recently has been doing these things where he like exposes child predators and like, but not, not like some Chris Hansen shit where they walk in a show or like walk into the house and then he fucking like brings the police out and locks him up. It's like a lot more detailed and a lot more fucking vivid. And it's almost like gross and disturbing how much shit this guy does, but it's really cool what he's doing. Um, and I just want to give him a little bit of a shout out because, uh, these videos are fucking insane. Like he will get on websites and find, he gets on YouTube and finds like uh, a comment section of a bunch of older people commenting on kids' content. And um, he goes after some of these guys and he like finds out their phone number. He pretends like he's a 13-year-old little girl. He starts messaging them. He eventually gets them to call him. Then he plays the fucking the video of him talking on the phone with like some 40-year-old Indian man that's like asking the what he thinks is a girl to like finger herself on the phone. It's really fucking gross. Okay. But it's really fucking awesome what he's doing. And that's the type of shit that I want to do one day, or I want other people to do one day. Cause I really support content that is fucking going after people one-on-one. -on -one. And like this kid's balls are fucking huge because he's not scared to like give his address and give his phone number and talk to people. He risks basically his life just to fuck other people over that are harming kids and raping and being fucked up, okay? So Mama Max on YouTube, big fan of his. Also, there's a guy named Nexpo. I've been watching a lot of his videos. Uh, if you're into scary shit, if you're into like creepy content, I highly recommend those two guys. There's also a guy named Night Docs. He's fucking great. Um, and now there was another guy, which I'm going to forget his fucking name, which really sucks. Let me look it up really quick. Um, Dan Schneider, creepy YouTube video. Um, as I'm watching these creepy ass YouTube videos, I come across this like this video about Dan Schneider. Um, Dan Schneider is a, I think he's a writer or a, he creates shows for Nickelodeon or a, he produces them, something to do with them. Um, he produced, let me look it up so I fucking know what I'm saying. Dan Schneider. Let's just get it. Let's get his nice plug out there. Okay. He's a producer, a screenwriter, and an actor. He does fucking all of it. Um, he's produced like Drake and Josh. He's produced fucking iCarly, Victorious, all those like classic Nickelodeon shows. Um, and I came across this video that was basically exposing Dan Schneider uh, I don't know who the fuck made it. I can't find it now. Creepy part two. Okay, Digital Goon. So this video is called Nickelodeon Creep Club. And then it says like semicolon Dan Schneider part two. So in this video, this guy is like just basically exposing uh, Dan Schneider for being a huge fucking creep. And he plays clips of like things that he made that because he was a screenwriter. So he would write the script for like Ariana Grande to say really gross shit in her show. Um, and like he had a foot fetish, which makes me regret 
or like wish I didn't have a foot fetish because this guy makes it so fucking gross that like it's one thing to like like to be into that during like the middle of a fucking show but or no no okay didn't mean to say that it's one thing to have a foot fetish when you're in bed and you're doing it sexually but this guy had a foot fetish like in the middle of his shows and while he would like be with the set and he would be with Miranda Cosgrove right here and like whoever the fuck else, he would be like writing them into the shows to like say shit about their feet. And like, he literally had uh, Ariana Grande like put her foot in her mouth in the middle of a scene and they aired it on TV and he wrote it off as like something goofy that she's doing. But it's like, you know that it's fucking gross and creepy and something's going on there. So uh, that's a video. If you want to go watch that again, it's, it's by Digital Goon. Just YouTube search Digital Goon Dan Schneider and you'll find part one and part two. It's really fucking gross, but if you're into weird shit and you're into like, I don't know, exposing fucked up people, then you'll enjoy it. Now, as I find this out, he talks about Miranda Cosgrove. Then I look up Miranda Cosgrove and I'm like, holy shit, like I forgot that she existed. And then I listen to uh, Whitney Cummings podcast with Miranda Cosgrove, which was fucking phenomenal. And... Now, she talks about this story that Miranda says that she started... I'm going to first name her, not because I think I know her, just because I don't want to say her whole ass name. Um, she talks about the fact that she's been dating a lot and that she finally started using on like an online dating thing, like a Tinder or a Bumble, which is fucking bizarre for me to even think about Miranda Cosgrove on fucking Tinder, you know? And the whole episode or a majority of the episode, they're the like... I don't know the word, but they're kind of like trying to figure out how or like a perfect guy for her or they're trying to help her like get a little bit better at dating and they're trying to figure out her bio for her fucking Tinder and it's a really funny episode. They're fucking hilarious together. But now in this episode, she explains that she explains two things that just I figured I'd share with you guys. First one is that she talks about going on dates with a guy like multiple times and she would go to his house and he would be playing like Call of Duty and she'd be laying in his bed and she felt like he didn't really give a fuck about her and she kind of felt bored. And th when she said that, she was like, you know, she didn't seem mad about it either. She was like, you know, I'd lay in bed and he would play like video games and then we would like watch a movie. It was kind of boring. That's like word for word what she said. And that was like, okay. That made me think that I must be fucking hideous or like such an asshole that I can't even get someone to lay in bed with me and watch the movie, let alone me play a fucking video game where someone famous and gorgeous and rich as fuck is just in my bed. And like, the, what is the guy too good for her that he's playing a video game? Like, you have Miranda Cosgrove in your bed and you want to play a video game. That fucking made me think like, okay, fuck dating for now. Not doing it. Because if Miranda Cosgrove can't figure it out, then I sure as fuck won't be able to. So giving that a whole thing a break, which also helped my 22-year-old clarity thing. Um, that helped my case. Now, the second thing that I never heard about this fucking story, but she explains a story that I don't. she goes on a date with a guy, okay? This is the only part that I'm not sure of. The rest of the things, I have, I have A1 exactly what happened. I don't know if she if this is the same guy that she went on a date with or if it's just a random guy. But she explains that she goes on a date and after this date, 
Um, no, I think it is the guy. She goes on a date with the guy that looks really weird. He's wearing weird clothes. He looks bizarre. Now, after the date, she calls her mom and she's talking to her mom about the guy and just talking to the mom, her, her mom, about the show that she watched or the movie they went to see. And um, now she's on the phone with her mom for like an hour. And she's like, you know what? We're on the phone for so long. Like, I'm not really tired. I'm just going to come to your house instead of going home. So she goes to her mother's house. This is Miranda Cosgrove goes to her mother's house. And now she looks on her phone and she sees on her cameras or some shit, on her security cameras, that there's someone at her house. She keeps getting like dings that there's someone at her house. And uh, I guess she does, there's someone in her backyard like pacing around, walking back and forth. And I think he digs like a hole in the ground or he starts digging shit. He starts moving her shit in her backyard. And now she's like freaked the fuck out, okay? Now, she doesn't know this in time, but that night... Um, someone drives to her, like drives past her house very slowly. I'm guessing she lives in like the hills or some shit. So I'm guessing you kind of have to drive slowly up these fucking hills. And um, this guy shoots at this car just because it's a similar looking person to Miranda Cosgrove. He shoots at the car seven times, misses every single shot. Okay. Now, the next morning, this guy lights himself on fire and shoots himself and he's found dead with like third degree extreme burns all over his body. What the fuck? What the fuck was going on there? Why didn't anybody talk about this? Why have I never heard about this story? It like threw me for such a fucking curveball that I was just like so mind blown. Like someone waited outside of Miranda Cosgrove's house waiting to either murder her like, like, yeah, like waiting to murder her, literally, because he shot at a car seven times that he thought looked like Miranda. Fucked up, right? Uh, and then lights himself on fire and kills himself at her house. And she still fucking lives there? Or no, I think she moved. But she lived there for a little while and then moved. But like, dude, that sucks. Fucking, I need to just... We need to send love to Miranda Cosgrove. She's gorgeous. The broad can't find a guy to date or give her attention. I wish she could see this. Like, I wanted to message her, but I was like, there's no shit. Like, there's no shot. So fuck that. I mean, I did message her. Who am I kidding? But I know that there's no shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I really fucking wish. I hope best of luck to you, man. That's all I got to say. Um, but for all the single people out there that are feeling a little bit lonely during coronavirus times... I mean, hey, if Miranda Cosgrove can't figure it out, it's looking pretty good for you, okay? Because there's someone that's richer than you, better looking than you, has a way cooler story than yours, and it's probably way more interesting than you. And she can't even figure out a guy that will sit in bed with her rather than play a fucking video game. So, you know, that made me feel good. Um... But that story was just bizarre. So I know that I just dumped a lot on you. I just dumped, like... Alan DeGeneres review, fucking Dan Schneider. I plugged some YouTubers, talked about post-nut syndrome for 10 minutes. So that was my, that was it. That was, this was my episode. I don't really have anything else. <laughs> um, I'm going to go do a, a sneaker episode right now. So I have to like kind of change my setup a little bit, put shoes up to here and then get into the whole sneaker thing. So I wanted to do kind of a shorter episode, even though I like like this 35 minute area is like perfect. So um, I'm going to see you guys at the end of next month. Like we said, I'm doing 
two episodes every last Sunday of the month. I'm doing one fun episode like this and then one sneaker episode. Just because of the corona shit, um, it's hard for me to like just get, like I kind of have to go off the top of the head and I, I'm, because I'm a little bit of a fucking perfectionist, I want to make sure that these are good episodes. I don't want to just like half-ass shit because I'm stuck at home and make up stories or like look at dumb shit. So uh, I feel good about this and I hope you guys do too. That's kind of it. Also, look at my nails. I got to get a little picture here because I think they look fucking sick. Um, yeah, so that's it. Fucking let me know what you guys think about the whole Ellen DeGeneres thing. I'm sure you guys hate her because that's she's it's the favorite to hate her. But I'm kind of, I just feel bad, man. I don't know. And also let me know if there's really bad shit that I shouldn't be sticking up for her for. Because if there is really bad shit, then I take back some of the things that I said. But that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all and have a great rest of your day.